powered by passion. It's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with your host, National Fixed Operations Training Manager, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith. Alongside me is Chris Wilson, account executive with Coffee Management, powered by National Auto Care. Chris, That's right. thank you for being a part of the podcast, buddy. Thank you for having me on. We're going to get right into this, uh, the meat and potatoes of this topic right here, which is really near and dear to my heart. And you and I, this really, really started with just having a conversation with each other. And, you know, so the topic is F&I, is it similar to service advisors? And, you know, before we get into diving deep into this, because this is going to be a great topic, give me some background on yourself. Uh, how many years uh, have you been working or did you work in the dealership side of the business? Yeah, so uh, so good question. Um, you know, I say we always joke about it because, uh, you know, we say that uh, you never really intend to get into the car business. You know, uh, it's kind of like eating at Denny's, you know, nobody really intends to go there. You just look up at 2 a.m. and you're there all of a sudden, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I started off in sales and, uh, you know, I worked my way into to, uh, F&I and I was uh, a producer, a director. Um, did all aspects of F&I for, for around 12 years. And, and I was in the uh, automotive side for 15. I've, I've done everything from sales manager uh, all the way up to general manager. So yeah, that's kind wow. of my experience. Wow, that's great. So now let's go into the topic. Now that we have your background and your credentials, which are amazing. Um, in your mind, how is F&I similar to being a service advisor? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that there are so many similarities between the two. And, and when I was a general manager, uh, I got to notice what those similarities were. I would say the first thing, um, and you can ask anybody that is in any of those positions, whether it's F&I or a service advisor, um, is there is tremendous pressure to make money in those departments. You know, I mean, the dealership ultimately relies on those departments for, for income um, and profitability too, you know. Um, so, so that's one part, you know, I mean, I think another similarity is, is that the customers are coming to you, um, you know, like, like when I was selling cars, I would have to go out there and, and get my own customers and figure out how to do that. Um, but with finance, um, the customers come to you and you have to deal with the mindset that they're in um, and the mindset that the salesperson put them in whenever they land in your office. Kind of the same thing as with service. Mm -hmm. um, these customers are coming in on the drive. Some of them are coming in for routine maintenance. Um, some of them are coming in with a bad experience in the past. Some of them are coming in with a big repair. So uh, I think navigating the psychology um, is a big part in both of those roles. So yeah, I would yeah. have to agree with you on that. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I think the, the main thing that you have to think about, though, is um, the biggest similarity is what the customer truly wants. You know, I mean, I think in F&I um, or when a customer comes on the drive for service, um, the customers really just want to know what the facts are, you know, and they want to know that you are someone um, that's got credibility. They can believe you and that they can trust you. Um, now, don't get me wrong. They don't want someone out there trying to build rapport and talk about their kid's softball game. I mean, they want a transaction <laughs> to be quick, right? Yeah, right. They yeah. want it to be professional. They want it to be painless as possible. Um, so they want the facts and, and they want options on what they can on what they can do to take care of the situation that they're in so that they can make a decision on their own, you know, because ultimately, at the end of the day, people love to buy things. 
They just don't like to be sold. So give them the facts, tell them what their exposures are, um, give them some solutions and, and let them decide. It's, it's really that simple. Um, they'll pick more options than you could ever sell them uh, when you do it correctly. So, you know, it's kind I of like funny that. in, in, uh, in finance, one of our rules um, is that you must offer the customer every single product that they qualify for uh, every single time without exception. So I think that's a good rule of thumb for service as well. If, if they're in there um, and they're in need of seven service items, but we only offer them three items because we're assuming that they're not going to purchase the other four. Um, number one, our profits are going to go down. And number two, um, our customer satisfaction goes down as well because they're not getting the services that they actually need. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go in there and recommend things that aren't needed, but anything that's actually needed as far as the servicing on that vehicle goes um, needs to be offered 100% of the time, you know. So um, from a from a leadership role, so whoever's in whoever's over 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 that department, they need to be inspecting what they expect. Um, you know, just the way it is in finance is the same way it is in service. You know, if I look at my menu in the finance side of the deal, my F&I menu, um, I can look at the work that was done, the products that were offered and make sure that they're doing what I would expect them to do um, on a deal to deal basis. And I think that might be a good idea for service as well, just to kind of look at those periodically inspect them and see uh, what products and services they're offering and um, you know, are they doing it consistently? Yeah. And I, I, I love that because we're doing a disservice by not giving those customers those options, whether it's in finance or service. Okay. So you can't think with the customer's wallet because you have no idea what it is. So that's, that's perfect. Now right. here's something that we haven't really talked about that I just thought of while you were talking is how much training does the F and I person get compared to the service advisor? Right. Right. You know, that's uh, that's, that's a good question. Cause you know, I've always felt like service advisors need more training. You know, a lot of times they'll get out there um, and they'll be on the drive and they're just kind of winging it. So, so to speak, you know, in F and I, I send these guys um, to an F and I training seminar. Um, they get, you know, compliance training and all of this stuff. So I think that yeah. that's, you know, that's something that, that we could all improve on in, in the industry is, is get these guys the knowledge that they need and, and, and feed them with the, the know-how to do it correctly and, uh, and do it at a high level. I think, I think it's awesome. Right. Because if they don't know, they don't know they're doing a bad job, right? They don't know yeah. they're doing a disservice. We, we don't know what we don't know. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and, and that's perfect because, you know, your service advisor, let's say, and an average store is touching, let's say 18 customers a day. Yeah. How many is your F&I manager touching every day on that? If you're comparing the two in the same, same ratio store, right? Yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's something that I think as, as we progress going forward, you know, in, in 2021 and 2022, it's really, as you, if you look at those departments as being similar, now I've got a, as if I'm a GM or an owner um, or even someone in your position, I'm talking to leadership saying, listen, you spend X amount of dollars in F&I and you yeah. produce X amount. Can you imagine what you would do with double the clients, training your service team and how much you would get out of it, right? Your ROI would be huge. huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
answer me this question. How can those how can those two departments really communicate better and be more of a team? Because it, it almost seems like, you know, I, I was a service writer, right? So mm-hmm. I'll just say you and I really didn't get along because I felt like you set me up to, to fail because you told the customer <laughs> that right. everything's covered under bumper to bumper. Oh, that yeah. Chris he drives That's me right. nuts, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. how, how can they communicate better and how can they, they be a, a more formal unit? You know, I think that 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 um, that culture um, is started at the top, actually. So so when I was in the retail side, um, I'd always make sure that I included my sales and my service departments in functions together. So I know it sounds like a small thing, but that's where it begins, because like, for example, sometimes we would have a Saturday sales meeting outside um, and then invite the service team and do some type of. Uh, competition just to get the blood flowing early on a Saturday morning. So those types of things go a long way to build that camaraderie um, and the teamwork side of it too. So once you have the culture, um, then it becomes a lot easier for them to see how they can help each other because they actually want to help each other. So um, build the culture, create that want to, um, and then you're going to see a lot more of them naturally helping each other because that's just what uh, good employees do is they want the other person to succeed if they know each other. So right. um, you'll start seeing a lot more of service coming to F&I, helping them sell service contracts or the finance team even going to the service drive um, and helping out with a customer that maybe misunderstood things or think about this. What if that service advisor calls in a claim and is having trouble getting that claim uh, pushed through? Um, now you've got somebody on the FNI side that knows the letter of what that contract says and can actually help that uh, help that go through. So, so I think it all starts with that with that culture and and the leadership of the dealership has to start that. Yeah, I I really like that a lot because when I got you know more years into the business, I actually before I called in a claim would go sit and talk to my finance manager saying, how do I word this mm-hmm. so that I don't you know, get a red flag or how, how right. can I talk about this part, you That's know, right. so that I can get somebody out here to inspect it, to mm-hmm. get this moving forward. Because in my mind, the lifts that I have behind me are, are worth X amount of dollars to me. And I got to get right. that car in and out as fast as possible. You don't want them just sitting there on those lifts. No, no, that, that doesn't make me any money. That's right. So this topic, I mean, we could expand upon this and talk about it for days, but I think what you've talked about and, and, and how we've really brought this together, you know, what are your three takeaways in your mind of this episode that a service advisor who's listening can take away, an agent like yourself can take away, and somebody at the dealership leadership level can take away from this episode? Yeah, I think the, the ultimate takeaway is, is um, ultimately we, we are one team. Um, it's one culture. And, you know, there's an old saying in the car business that says um, sales will sell the first vehicle, um, but service is actually going to sell the rest of them through by way of taking care of that customer and keeping them coming back to the dealership so that whenever they are ready for another vehicle, um, they buy from us. So so we really are dependent on each other for long term success. Mm-hmm. Um, the more quickly we understand that, the better allies we're going to be. Um, than adversaries, you know, the, the faster each department is going to grow, um, they're going to be more profitable. Plus, the last thing you ever want 
um, is for a customer or even other employees to see two different departments bickering over something. So right. I think if we can learn how to work together and, and solve our issues in private um, and then be one united front in the public eye, um, I think that's the biggest takeaway that we could ever get from this is that that's the goal. Yeah. So if I hear you correctly, it's, it's if no matter what position I'm in, it's how can I get on the same playing field as my team member that works for the same dealership that I do. Um, and if I'm a, uh, if I'm at the F and I side of it, listening to this, how can I, you know, have a better understanding of what service goes through so we can get along better and recognizing that and as a leadership, it, it may be just something as like you said, um, talking about it or job shadowing somebody in a different department, understanding what, what they go through in the course of a day, because I really don't know. Uh, what you, Chris, go through in the in the F&I box on a daily basis, just like you don't know what I go through <laughs> writing up, you know, all those customers, right? So I, right. I think I think that's a great, you know, takeaway across the board for everyone listening. And, and Chris, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to thank you, you know, to pause and and have this topic and really bring it and shine a light on it. Uh, here at NAC, we provide the tools, the knowledge, and the training needed to unlock you know, the potential of your dealership. So for more information on this topic and others, you can submit a question. You can be a guest. You know, Feel free to send me an email. My email address is csmith at nationalautocare.com. Uh, Chris, that's all the time that we have for today. Again, thank you for being a part of this episode. And I, I end with every episode asking the same question. Um, will you come back? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I enjoy this. And, and uh, you know, I'm glad that we've got to, uh, to meet and, and uh, start to understand each other's side of the business a little better. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with you closely. So thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you for watching and listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with Corey Smith, powered by Passion. Be sure to watch and listen to the next episode on the 5th and 20th of every month.